0: Yeah and i guess um you know the um the some of the viciousness of that and the sheer kind of um the sheer inflexibility and the attachment yeah. to the identity was really striking um and that's also i think it's um It's uh, like you say, the performativity, but I suppose, you know, I suppose it's important to performativity not be understood as something kind of superficial and playful, as the name suggests, because despite that, um, so much of this kind of politics can often come. And I mean, you talk about this in the book with relation to um, to uh, feminism and trans issues in particular, but um, kind of. Intensely manichean polarization and also tremendous, um, tremendous viciousness, in terms of the way in which the politics is conducted and an inability to in actually engage in argument.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just today in, in the news in the UK, this uh, or yesterday, I think actually. Oh no, so today in the so uh, Joanna Cherry, uh, an SNP Scottish Nationalist Party MP, uh, ha- a, a man who apparently sent her rape and death threats on the internet a few days ago when she was fired from the uh, SNP front bench, uh, being a sort of spokesperson for the party, uh, has, has now been arrested and will be prosecuted, and he was this 30-year-old man. Now, okay, obviously it's an ongoing case or whatever, and I don't know what happened, but it's believed that Joanna Cherry gets lots of abuse online because of her, uh, I don't know if it's an anti-trans stance, but I don't know, sceptical about trans rights, maybe, to a, or sceptical about uh, self-ID, right? the trans... People should be able to identify as their gender, as as whichever gender they want. And I think it's just so curious that you know somebody who let's just assume—I mean, if this person was attacking Cherry because of her trans stance, a a man. And I think it's terrible the way all men, you know, any man who attacks or threatens a woman over a stance on trans rights—I think you know just—it's so bizarre that they think this is acceptable. They think that they are the good guys. You know, they have the morality there because. Okay, unless somebody is an actual bigot who says, oh, trans people should be killed or something like that, then, you know, can you not just accept that this is a political disagreement made in good faith, that somebody whom you may agree with on everything else, you know, but disagree about this one issue, well, can't you just have a political debate with them? And certainly, you know, I just wonder what goes through someone's head if they think they're the good guys and they're sending rape and death threats to, to somebody because yeah. of their political stance.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Which absolutely. I always
1: think is crazy. And just a couple more, so, is, you know, something that was... Strikes me because this is obviously something that's happened over the past few years, and it's it's always interesting to me to find out that certain women who I thought fo- well who I, who I have known and believed to be very much on the left, like Selena Todd, the uh, Oxford academic, or uh, Beatrix Campbell, who is uh, also a, a, a female academic, and I remember finding out about Beatrice Campbell a few few years ago because she wrote this sort of essay attacking George Orwell. Uh, and you know, really attacking you know this idea of the sort of you know left-wing, small C conservatism, patriotism stuff. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because so many of these women are properly left-wing. You know, I mean, they are not. They would hate, like, say, Blue Labour. You know, I mean, they would hate Tony yeah. Blair. They do hate Tony yeah. Blair. Right? These are not sort of centrist, uh, socialist women, right? A lot of these women are yeah, really, really bloody left-wing, like Linda Bellos as well, as well, people like that. You know, these are not. These are people who, <laughs> who, if it wasn't for the trans issue, kicking them out of the of the Cathedral of Hobbyism, mm. you know, they well, I don't want to call any either of those women hobbyists, but you know what I mean? These are very left-wing women. And yet, because of the, not even a major disagreement, really, it's more about degrees than anything else. Because of the slight disagreement on this one issue, that's it, you know, the beyond the pale.
2: No, it, it's amazing, actually. Those people like that who would have a generation ago been actually kind of seen a bit as, um, yeah, kind of the loony left, I think was a term that was used, but, you know, kind of... Um, Maybe even be, be called hobbyists. Now, I'm not arguing that they are, but that I think a lot of maybe a lot of mainstream opinion would see them as a, as in the same way that we see a lot of identity politics left today. And yet now they themselves have been excluded, have been yes. outflanked, I think, as you put it in the book at some point. 100%. On, on
1: and it's, ter- it's terrible. So people like Linda Bellos or uh, Julie Bindle, who have been beaten up and abused and, and at, vilified in the tabloid press and by the right for decades, you know, called lesbians, called crazy, called, you know, all these. Hayden, all these terrible names for yeah. the case. before so many of the people who are now abusing them for being terrorists were even born. Never mind in politics. And yet these, you know, 18 year old middle class boys think they, they have the right to abuse them and call them terrorists, yeah. etc. So it's helped. and also I think the sort of naivety and myopia of it, because, you know, if all of these people who were so left wing and who never would have dreamed that one day they'd be outflanked to the left, It happened to them. Do they seriously not realize that it can and possibly will happen to them? You know, so many of these people now in the 20s calling people TERFs and whatever. Do they not realize that in 10, 15, 20, 25 years, the exact same absolutely could be happening to them? You know, it's crazy.
2: So, I mean, one thing that you mentioned about ideological consistency or, or political consistency, I mean, what that brought home to me, I mean, I don't, I think people should have ideological consistency, though I recognize that most, let's say, ordinary people, the term I kind of hate using, but anyway, you know, people who are not actively politically engaged um, often don't have that ideological consistency they're not because they're not that politicized um so i think that's a reality you have to grapple with but for those who are more politicized and especially the case for you know the political political hobbyists and especially more middle class people especially i think in recent years as the middle class has radicalized whether to the left or to the right that you have a a greater alignment Um, and and by that i mean not necessarily ideological consistency But what's at issue is an alignment where your cultural attitudes, your preferences, your behaviors are perfectly in line with your politics. And for me, that's the problem. That's the essence of of contemporary culture wars, where um, your music tastes, your views of, you know, your um, disposition towards, let's say, immigrants or immigration and your attitudes on, I don't know, food about, let's say, veganism or whatever, totally in line with your political views. And that Mm. is something that's bizarre and was never, didn't used to be the case. I mean, that really is something that's new and is a, is a real feature of, of uh, culture wars.